What's Swangin' Nation? Welcome back to the podcast. Today, my guest is Ryan Miller from Blackbird Athletics out of Brooklyn, right? That is correct. Out of Brooklyn, New York. He came over here to sit with me in the studio. Dude, I'm very appreciative of you doing that. I know it is a little bit of a hassle having to jump on the train and get over here and everything, but like you said on the way over, um, you know, you want, you'd rather do something in person if you can. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, in-person conversations and, you know, being here with somebody, being with somebody is a really important thing. It's, it's a lost, uh, the lost thing that we're that we're experiencing so yeah like the lost art of conversation yeah yeah conversation is a, is a tough thing for everyone i mean even myself still sometimes but yeah yeah it, it's always difficult because i think um even if you're i don't know like a, a well-versed or well-rehearsed uh speaker you know you still have to get to know who your people are that you're talking to yeah right yeah, you and you're your you're in the fitness industry so you're running into people all the time all, all kinds of people, all different types of personalities, things uh, are always coming up and you always have to be able to adapt. And uh, that's, yeah, it's really important now. Yeah, definitely. So you have, uh, you started Blackbird Athletics how long ago? I started Blackbird Athletics uh, the end of June. So beginning of July is like when it really started um, getting going. But uh, yeah, I started it then um, and working through it now, growing it, uh, enjoying the process. It's a tough process, but it's uh, it's on its way, and it's taken the exact amount of time that it's supposed to. Oh, okay. So what yeah. do you mean by that? It's taken so like you know things that I've uh, realized uh, you know over the years being a trainer and stuff like that is that there's always ups and downs, and building your own brand, building your own business uh, takes time. It takes more time than people really expect it to, and I'm guilty of that because I was expecting things to happen much faster um, than they did, and that's a huge curve. So what I'm coming to and speaking from that is that level of experience just knowing that it's taking its time taking its course and uh it's all good yeah it's all good baby yeah yeah so <laughs> so i mean you started in june of 2019 june of 2019 okay so i mean it's you're st not even a year yet not but yet. but from your report it sounds like you're uh, very optimistic you're feeling good and the ball is rolling in the right direction yeah i think so i think so you know i'm uh, getting the skills acquiring the knowledge i have the experience um what is your uh, background as far as, um, you know, training and, and um, certification and all that? Okay, so uh, my background, I've been training for four years now. I'm certified through the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Um, I'm a certified personal trainer through them and a corrective exercise specialist. Um, I'm also a precision nutrition uh, coach. Mm -hmm. um, so that has to do with more like behavior change around nutrition and getting, uh, you know, what's the way to put it? getting people to figure out the why for that. It's more of like a motivational interviewing, like their true essence, like their reason for doing things. So that um, introduced me to that, and there's still plenty to learn. Um, have uh, kettlebell level two certification, right. Viper, which is actually the loaded movement training, which got me into interest in kettlebell and uh, steel mace. Right. Um, and yeah. That's that's where I'm at right now with that. When did you get into Steel Mace? I got into Steel Mace uh, I, this year. Yeah, this year also. Uh, one of my friends hit me up and said, hey, uh, my friend is hosting a Steel Mace class. Would you want to come? He needs a few people. And um, yeah, my friend Sierra, she's awesome, uh, really doing amazing things. But that's when I met Ben, Ben Walker. Yeah. Uh, it was awesome. It was his class? It was his class. Yeah. And that's when I first met him. And I was like, you know, there's something here. Like, this is really dope. Mm -hmm. Love his energy. And uh, then he started hosting his classes um, in Central Park. Yeah. And I was on going. On Battle Hill? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Great Hill on Strawberry Fields, all that stuff. Like, really cool stuff. It was a great way to kind of get out, like, get back into nature, swing the mace around. And, and it's something that I take, you know, I have an interest in you know i've always loved like i'm a history history nerd um so like swinging like some medieval weapon around is always is always a good thing so. yeah hell yeah but you never heard of mace up until that point though right um you know I've, i feel like i've seen it you know seen little things here but yeah. it was never like oh this is a legit class you yeah know? like i've never seen anything um on instagram or nothing no flows like until i started like you know taking the classes and stuff like that yeah and 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 your first class what was like your the, your first takeaway from it like what was the the very first like feeling where you were like oh yeah this is cool or was it a move was it just something somebody said i think you know it sounds like very uh 
you know conceptual but it's like the energy like that i really love the vibe that ben brought to it and i thought that this was like something that's really cool like that creativity i guess you could say there was an energy of like creativity there was something yeah. that um you know i was trying to bring myself like a very strict approach like i'm gonna nail this move like i'm gonna go to the like zero to 100 real quick i'm gonna get this and uh then really quickly it's like you know what no like take a step back like you don't need to go so hard like a 10 pound mace is really heavy when you're trying to swing it around like here choke up if it's kind of hard i'm like okay let me let me choke up a little yeah. bit I'm trying to do a 360 for the first time um yeah it was it was really humbling it was cool and it's a i could see it as like a great outlet for that yeah. and then it was great in cross training too i noticed like you know so i've been running for a while now about three years pretty consistently and um it helped with that like i know a lot of, um on your podcast previously you talked about how it's helped with your injuries and stuff how it's helped loosen you up and you've been able to deadlift again right yeah so right. like uh it's it helps with all that you mm -hmm. know it helps with uh in what ways as far as running is concerned so i mean the hips like a lot of stuff in the hips yeah. and, and you know m people don't really realize how much your upper body comes into play uh when you're running like you're always doing something with your upper body and if this is tight and not moving correctly that's going to mess up the chain going down um and adjust maybe when you're in open chain when you're like not in contact with the floor right so that stuff really matters so having a way of training that hits everything uh is always a good thing yeah right so you're saying like if somebody has like a shoulder issue maybe lack of mobility yeah they're gonna run and and whatever that tightness is or lack of mobility it's going to it's going to translate down and it's going to affect their run absolutely to some absolutely. degree or another yeah, exactly enough that it could it could slow them down or it could it could translate over to an injury even potentially yeah, yeah. um you know for, for myself i actually have a torn labor in my left shoulder in like three spots um don't even really remember how exactly it happened it wasn't like a oh wow now i'm injured yeah. it was like kind of like oh gradually over the years and i was like you know something's up let me check it out and i had this injury and what i began to notice is that like you know, this is always tight. Once your body recognizes that there's something off, right. it's going to be like, it recognizes it and you might not consciously recognize it. So it's going to be acting in a way right. to save you, protect you. And I, you know, that's what was happening. So my shoulder's always here. This here causes like all my muscles around my shoulder blade and my lat to get super tight. Um, and like, if I run now, this is here. So now this is tight. This is hiked up, yeah. which causes my hip to not rotate as not enough or too much and then now my foot strike is wrong and yeah. then my knees are shot yeah. so it's right. like that it is always connected and you know thinking like we just need to do this one body part is great for sports and competition but at the end of the day uh functionally which is something i'm very big on is like functionally we have to be able to move and everything has to be working together yeah. you have to do your mobility you have to stretch uh which is something i didn't do for a while and then i started to realize like yeah. the effects of not doing that yeah I'm a, i was big at that i would do the old one of these moves and then go chest <laughs> to go with do like, bench press like, and, get it pure, and then i'm wondering why it. shit hurts i'm like oh, i must have lifted too heavy oh, yeah, you didn't stretch you didn't yeah. warm up yeah. but you know another thing too is like um with running that's usually like one of the first things a person who's sedentary who decides, hey, you know what? I'm going to get back into shape. You know what? I'll run. That's that's easy. I, all I need is a pair of sneakers. All you need is it. It's like the meanwhile, cheapest, cheapest sport. Yeah, yeah, and meanwhile, based on what we're talking about here, it's like, no. Actually, that's the last thing you should do. The first thing you should do is go to a, a coach who's going to give you a proper assessment and see where your imbalances are. And then they might tell you, yeah, you better not run because you have uh, tight hamstrings, um, you're, you're, um, you're pronating or whatever, you know, like your knees are knocking, like uh -huh. that's all going to damage you. What we need to do is do um, band exercises and things like that first. Yeah, and that, that's a very good point. And so that doesn't mean like they're not capable of running, right? right. You know, they should still be able to walk it and, and do that. If they want to run, then I'm not going to stop them from trying to run and go for a jog, but they still have to, like, they, they should. Most people definitely have some imbalances. Um, whether they know it or not, whether right. they're inherently athletic or not, or if they're sedentary and they want to just get up and going, like there's most likely going to be something there. And now what's it doesn't mean that they're going to instantly get injured. Right. But it's right. always in the long term of things. Right. Um, you know, when you first start working out again, your body's pretty resilient. It's like, whoa, like what's happening? Like, let's let's jack, jack this up. Let's get it rocking. Um, and then it starts to sit in. And that's where um, injuries start to happen, because then you form improper movement patterns. So, uh, going to a coach is always a good thing it's it's really important to know where you're at you know yeah. uh, i think that a lot of people don't think of
coaches as something that's necessary for them. Uh, but they'll still, you know, and I, it's different. There's different levels of education uh, in doctors and stuff like that. But like when you have an issue, you're going to go to this doctor, even if there's a specialty, like certain doctors have certain specialties, right? Uh, trainers are a certain specialty that's a part of your health, a part of your wellness, about a part of your well-being. Um, you know, a ton of people go to see a therapist because they know that that's what they're specialized for. Right. But uh, I feel like when it comes to physically, everyone has this inherent like, I could do it. It's my body. Like, right. I'm capable of doing this. Do. I know what to do. And the thing is, a lot of people know what to do, really. Yeah. They do. Yes, right. Like inherent, like they know that eating that entire row of Oreos is not good, right? <laughs> just like, half the row. <laughs> just half the row is like is better. And I'm guilty of that too. Like I, we all know. Those well, they kinds are good. Of they're they, delicious. They're delicious. Um, really uh <laughs> but but that's that's the thing that was like we all kind of have an idea but sometimes we we need that extra push we need that extra level of knowledge right and um yeah most of the time we do need it so yeah yeah and i mean uh, you know like you were saying about the doctor right like let's just say you were having uh, a slight headache every day and you pop a couple advil goes away for an hour or two, then it keeps coming back. Eventually, you're going to say like something like to your wife or your girlfriend, whatever, hey, I keep getting headache every day. Well, why don't you go to the doctor? Okay, so you go to the doctor and you say, yeah. oh, well, you know, it looks like you might need to go to eye doctor and get glasses, whatever. Yeah. But when somebody is out exercising all the time and their lower back keeps getting really tight and hurts all the time and they take Advil, they're like, I don't know, I guess I'm just – that's what happens when you work out. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I'm just injured. That's fine. Like, it just comes with the territory. Like, so there's, you know, when it comes to specific sports or sports-specific things, right, there's always going to be imbalances because you're using your body for a certain thing, right? So runners will tend to get runner's knee. I'm guilty of that, right? Yeah. Or, uh, you know, powerlifters will get low back strains. Um, and that does there's, – there's an aspect of, like, that comes with it, but, like, that shouldn't be the accepted thing. Like, all right, you know what? It just happens. So now I have to sit out for three weeks and then let it heal and then get right back to it. Like, no, like, figure out, like, why that happened, address it, and then stop that from happening because then, you know, 10 years down the line, 15 years down the line, you're going to sit there being like, okay, well, you know, I really can't walk now. Now I have to have my, you know, L4, L5 fused, and, and now you can't do any of the stuff. So it's like – it's – there's a lot of belief in like the short term and it's really a long-term thing. It's an investment, it's yes. an investment in your health and investment in your well-being, and like, like how you will be able to show up for like everyone in your life. Like it's deeper. It's like, it's very deep. Uh, yeah. And there's a very superficial aspect to it because we all want to look good, get right. those abs, right. you know what I'm saying? Uh, but there's more to it. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And now in your, this short time that you've been using the mace, have you had the opportunity to bring it into your training your clients for any types of corrective exercises um so i actually haven't i'm um pr it's pretty recent that but i've been practicing you know stu studying corrective yeah. exercise for like the past year honestly like okay. the past year and i've just become recently certified um so i haven't used a steel mace with that yet also finding a space for that so the mm -hmm. gym i was at before um a box gym right they uh it, it was like we could have it there but like honestly there's just not enough room to be swinging a mace around and like with somebody who's like not and doing it just for like looks and stuff they're going to try to do that thing it's goes fl flying that's not a good thing and yeah. then also like um haven't been able to have clients who can have it in their in their gyms yet or anything like yeah that. so it's it's still growing still finding the space for it like i even got yelled at for using it on my on my apartment roof from the people <laughs> below they were like can you like not work out here i'm like well how did they know you were up there just like swinging it, mace falls. They're oh. like, "Yo, like, <laughs> oh, you gotta stop dropping." You gotta it. Stop. Well, like, I mean, hey, you know, you get you get going. You're just like, yes. Yeah. Honestly, there was a couple times where I was like, I nailed it, and I like let it fall down, and that's that's when you came up. Yeah, <laughs> and then they shut you down. That shut was me, it. Shut me down. So trying to find a space for it is like another thing. That sucks, man. I, like, it's I'm just picturing you're you're in Brooklyn, you're up on a flat roof, yeah. on a nice day, and you got that view, <laughs> and you're what an epic place, you know, and yeah. to do videos and stuff. I and do that, yeah. I, I, there's a park nearby but it's like it's also kind of like just walking around the neighborhood with it yeah kinda, kinda gets kind of it's a little weird it's yeah. a little weird yeah. so having to carry it around but it's not impossible i just have to honestly do it more yeah i well i know a guy who he has uh he basically just does a 15 pound mace that's it he's not into yep. flow he just he just does the 360s and he does it on the beach and uh somebody called the cops 
they were like, we don't know what that guy's doing, <laughs> but you better come here. And the cops, and you know, this is in Asbury Park where, oh. I mean, the cops are busy over there, you know. So they, sh- they're here. There's this big dude swinging a mace, doing three sixties, and they've never seen it before, and are like, what? are you doing and you know <laughs> he's like i'm swinging a mace so he starts showing them videos on the phone and they're like oh that's cool well you can't do it here because somebody called yeah. and you have to we have to do something but like seriously i have i wouldn't have a problem with it that's what they told him that makes you sense know? so yeah that's that's where we're at with the mace right now and it's i like it's, it's unknown you know i even like i remember trying to bring it um you know upstate uh you know back home one day to try to like work out up you know at um at my home and uh, I had to walk through Grand Central. I'm like having like this huge bag, and I felt like I was like carrying contraband. I was, right. like, I was like, it right. feels weird. It's like this huge metal thing. It's yeah. like they could search me like at any second. Yes. And be like, what is this? And then I have to like pull out my phone and be like, this is what it is. And then be like, honestly, like, no, nah, you can't have this. I'm yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a pipe, right? It's like, literally. Like, yeah. Is it a pipe bomb? No. Nah. You know, yeah. No. Like, what are the? You know, you're a cop. You're trained to like eyeball people right and you see that and it's like how can i let that guy go without asking him what, what that pipe what is, is yeah thankfully right? i didn't have you know have any you know issues with it but that yeah. was definitely a thing that was running through my head it's it's funny it seems almost comical but. I, i'll tell you though if if kettlebells were just hitting the scene right now it would be the same thing if you yeah, were if walking, just through, walking around with like a kettlebell yeah or, like, people would be like what is that what are you yeah. doing with that who are you? Where are you just, from? Why are you carrying a bag of but cannonballs? Now <laughs> everybody knows what kettlebells are. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. They're in every single gym. Yeah. And the gyms that don't have them, like, you can tell. Yeah. yeah. If you don't have a kettlebell in your window at the gym, then you're not a real gym. No. You're a fake gym. No, you're a fake gym. <laughs> you're a fake gym. But, yeah. you know, make sure you dust it off every once in a while. Make it look like it's that, used. I've seen that so much where it's like there'll be a whole set of kettlebells. And I'm like, this is beautiful. And then I go over and it's, like, not even touched. And I'm yeah. like, well, you know. They're so good. <laughs> yeah. Why are they not being used? Yeah, my kettlebell journey actually is is very new. It's actually, I mean, I've used kettlebells, but I never swung them right. I oh, never okay. really was coached in them, and that's and now I'm like telling I I, I learned how to do a proper kettlebell swing. Now I Oof. see people doing them wrong, and I'm like, oh, Nuh-uh. you're not doing them right. Yeah, and so yeah. this kind of goes back, and I want to tie it back to what you were saying before about like injuries and like sedentary people, right? Um, trying to get into running it's similar in the, in the aspect of ballistic movements and so yeah. like doing something ballistic when you have an in, uh have an imbalance somewhere breathes injury right so you're you know when you run it's like i think it's like it's like eight to eleven times your own body weight with each step yeah when you right. walk it's right. like four to six is my and you know th- that has to be checked but like um like that's a lot of extra weight a lot of extra force on an injury or an imbalance or something like that so like putting the swings like when people do improper kettlebell swings in their low back rounds or their shoulders aren't packed or their you know neck is like this or like they're over tucked like yeah. that stuff comes into play like and especially with when it swings it's easy to rep out 20 25 right. you do five sets of that that's like you know 180 you know what i'm saying like that's a lot of repetitions on improper movement yeah so like right. you know like it's like and then you compound that you daily compound weekly that daily, weekly with other things right. like now you're doing a max squat like in it you're just doing this to kind of get your glutes firing um so <laughs> yeah it's like an issue <laughs> uh, yeah yeah and and you know you're also pointing that out so if you're doing your kettlebell swings wrong uh and you start to get that repetitive damage then when you move on to other exercises, that repetitive damage that you, that's lingering is going to affect those exercises. For sure. Right? For sure. So it's like, going to really start to just completely um, override everything that you do. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it, it's a way to really set, set yourself back. Um, and now that's to say is, like, you shouldn't be scared to, like, do a lot of these things. You know, I feel like we're talking a lot about, like, all the, the possible injuries. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, but that's right. not even the case, yeah. but it's more so, like, just being aware of it, creating mm-hmm. that sense of awareness is always going to be the thing that saves you because you'll be able to get ahead of it, or at least you'll have an idea of like where to go with it. You know what I mean? Because some things are inevitable. Like maybe yeah. you do accidentally tweak your back, and like typically you were just like you really were shooting for that PR, but your form is solid on that deadlift all the time. Yeah. Like, sometimes it happens. Yeah. So yeah. having the knowledge base to be like, okay, why did that happen? Is like that's always the key that's what i'm really trying to push like don't be scared to do what you do do what you do i want everybody to do everything that that they want to do right um yeah i'm i'm you know i always try to have a dialogue on the podcast that's you know coach um friendly or whatever like you know that's you know that's what i do that's what you do i'd like to talk to coaches um and and i i want people to understand that you know that we live in this society where it's just 
you're you're hunched over all the time you're taxed yeah. all the time you're stressed all the time you're not getting enough sleep and everything and then you know you want to get healthier you don't know how you don't know the, where to begin you don't know where to end and it's always better to have a coach at least to get going or uh checkpoints along the way like kind yeah. of what i do i go to a coach you know mm-hmm. and and i find different ones at different times and i know what my weaknesses are so why am i going to try to you know uh tackle that by myself it, yeah it's, it's it's it'll take twice or three twice times as long, long and it's, it's not necessary like even for me so like I'm, I'm huge into like functional movement and stuff like that and there's been times when i you know talked to my you know my friend christian i was like hey like i need you to train me like give me like some solid hypertrophy stuff like i need to build my chest a little bit i need to improve my bench press and like man like my bench and everything has been improved my squats have been improved um and even recently i you know i just went to this place in, in the city called prehab network it's um on the like upper east side uh yeah upper east side and i did like a full spectrum gait analysis like they recorded me oh, had, wow. like the whole skeleton and whatnot to like really figure out where my running form was like where there's an issue with it and i was able to find like some serious things that can help me along the way it's like you need to always have a way to check back in and like that is was huge i figured out like i stepped one foot after the other kind of like you know and that's just from tightness or whatever but that causes instability in my hips which makes my low back hurt but like otherwise everything else is good yeah. so it's just a matter of like figuring out where those things are and then now i actually have a roadmap to work from everybody needs it everybody needs it at some point even if you can do it by by yourself which most people can as we as we said you still need to have some point to work from otherwise you're kind of just shooting in the dark yeah definitely yeah so now uh let's let's shift gears here and okay. and and let's talk about how you came up with the name blackbird athletics what's that all about because that sounds interesting thank you yeah so blackbird athletics you know i feel like just like it was kind of one of those things where the the animal kind of just resonated with me like i love the blackbird i love the symbolism behind it it's like a symbol of metamorphosis growth um change death wisdom thought like there's a lot of stuff that goes into it and it's very complex as we are and i think that everyone has this inner self a sense of ego a thing that is like either holding them back but it's also pushing them forward at the same time. And there's a lot that goes into it. And most of the time, whether it's fitness, whether it's your personal you know, endeavors, right? You have to be willing to let go of something. You have to be willing to kill off something, right? right. And be who you are meant to be and whatever that, whatever that means to you. Right. And so that's kind of where it came from is like Blackbird. That's what it means to me. That's what it symbolizes. Um, and that's, yeah, that's why I chose that. I like that, man. You know, like, I mean, just the fact that you put that kind of thought into the name, to me, my own opinion, tells me a lot about who you are. Because, I mean, nowadays there's a bazillion fitness things, right? And they're always like a catchy thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, you know, sweat. Sweat yeah. workout, th- yeah, you know, whatever. Like you know, the biggest thing like that burn, I, yeah, or like strength, length, and tone. Like, uh, you know, it's just like marketing words. You know what I mean? Yes, like, it's like, right. To just draw people in, and then I almost feel like that's just like a a, a bait trap. It, it, once you get in there, they don't really care about you. You yeah, know, man. and I know I'm being very opinionated here. Yeah, which but, is, which is fun, but like the the fact of the matter is, is like that that is the tendency and yeah. that's what a lot of people come to me at and you know and it happens with everything too you know it's like every every area of fitness like that kind of that same kind of thing happens where it's like somebody will draw you into this and it not be what you expected yeah. because right. it was just simply marketing and don't be wrong marketing is huge but then you have to be able to back it up and that's something that i strive for for myself and like there's times where i'm not fulfilling on that and then i check myself yeah. and then it's like you always have to kind of come full circle um, but a lot of people don't. They're just like, I got this. This is what's going. I'm making money, and now, right. you know. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, your your name, Blackbird. Like a lot of people would maybe go, well, I don't know what that is. It, like, it, and, and 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 people would yeah. say, like, oh, well, it's not a good name because you're not telling people what it is. But athletics is in there, so it's enough that somebody yes, yes. can Absolutely. say, okay, well, what? Now it's a curious kind of thing, so they might go in deeper but like you know i mean just um talk at shop here real quick like if you're talking about marketing that's that's something good to get out there to, to for people to understand how you came up with that name because yeah, that tells really who you are and what yes. you're thinking about so that's going to apply as you coach people absolutely and that's and, and you know the whole name thing and like that i was thinking about that a lot i was like okay so this is what i kind of stand for this is where i'm getting at like what 
how can I tie this in? Like, what's going to be a, a solid name? Because you, you sit there when you're starting a business or anything, if you're thinking of what it's going to be, right? Right. Um, what you're going to call yourself. And so that was a lot of thought got put into that. And like, I agree with you. And like, I tried to put that on my website and it's just like not landing. Nobody really checks the website until yeah. it goes like there. But then uh, recently I just kind of came out with a, with, with a post on Instagram that kind of described that, you know, um, now that it's out there, now that it's here, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I get a chance to actually like really live into it. I get a chance for people to really know what I'm about. And that's, yeah. you know, brings a lot of excitement. It helps with the optimism that I have for my business. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I, you know, like if I was in Brooklyn and, there was a, a Blackbird Athletics, and then that, a couple feet over was the burn, sweat, and and puke gym, whatever. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to Blackbird, man. Appreciate I like that. that. Yeah. You know, Thank like you. The, there's a stoicism, there's a, a dualism to it. You know, like you're, it's almost like you, you mentioned something that was sort of like yin-yang. Like you need it, but you don't need it. You, yeah. You, you have to – get rid of some things and, and keep some things. There's a negative and, and there's a balance. There's, always, there's, there's always, a balance. There's always a balance that you have to strive for. Now, nothing's ever going to be perfect. There's always going to be times where you're like pushing over to one side of the spectrum over the other. And that's part of being human. That's part of it. And like, that's, that's one of the things that I strive for with like all my clients. And I've been trying to make that clear and getting that communication out is, is challenging when there is a mindset around fitness that is like, we're just going to burn and we're going to lose weight and yeah. look great. Right. Like, and that's all positive things. But the thing is like, what if you were able to achieve things greater than that? What if that was just a byproduct? Right. And like, that's what I'm really trying to go for. That's cool, what man. I want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that there's a lot, like there's been a lot of movement in the fitness industry and there's been a lot of movement in society in general where people are starting to realize like what is important to them. Mm. I know that I have, I know that a lot of people that I talk with are, I know I'm not the only one. And the thing is, is like there's a big change and movement for people to figure out themselves and figure out what's going to make them happy. And I think that fitness is going in that way. You know what yeah. I mean? People are realizing people are realizing like, OK, I can't just go to the gym and crush it. I'm actually feeling more depressed going to this class because I'm not getting results and it's supposed to make me feel empowered. Right. You know, um, and that's not cool. You know what I mean? Like I, I deal with depression myself and it's like, there's been times where it's really low, you know what I mean? And right. like, you know, my thing is like, I want to be that beacon of light for people. I want people to experience their true selves, to be inspired, to do their own things. I want people to grow in not just the physical sense, in the mental sense, in the, in their personal lives and everything that they can do. Because if that just means that one person is saved for whatever that means to them, then I've accomplished that. And so that's what, that's what I stand for. That's where I see the fitness industry going personally. Yeah. And that's uh, where I'm, that's the path I'm rocking on. All right. Well, what is it that's so appealing about that to you? It's just, it's very empowering, man. It's, it's, there's like, there's an essence of change involved. There's like, there's growth. It's, it's all positives. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's very humbling, you know? Does it, when you, when you're able to kind of help somebody on that level, does it, backfeed into your own life absolutely absolutely you know i was actually just talking about this with ben i actually signed up for strong coach uh last night oh, okay and nice yeah I ju yeah i just did that last night and one of the things was it's like you know i had this huge thing of like imposter syndrome where it's like it feels like almost like, am i doing this i was like no am i doing this just for me and I, or am i doing this for everyone and it's like no i'm doing it for everyone but it has to fulfill me too yeah. and so it does backlash onto me and, and in a good way like it gives me fuel to keep helping others it keeps it gives me that fuel um, when I help, when I help somebody, when I know that I've really impacted them, that there's more to be done. And I, it's part of, part of my goal. That's awesome. Man. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you're, you know, as like what you, you see clients for an hour about yeah. like sometimes three times a week, two yep. times a week, yep. they're, they're spending more time with you than they are seeing their doctor, their psychologist, or anybody, right? Exactly, exactly, and that's and that's a huge point of it. You know, people do only see doctors one time a year, or yeah. the dentist right. maybe twice a year. And if they do see them, it's only like seven minutes. It's not even a long time, so that, like, they just have this objective data, and then they have to go and change the life around that thing. How does that actually happen? Right. Like, it's kind of like, you know, trainers are becoming, and that's it's another part too, it's like trainers are kind of becoming like this multifaceted like really like empower like impactful and powerful like peace in people's lives yeah and so like if you're not acknowledging that and your place and your importance to somebody then like why are you doing it you know what i mean like right. that's it's huge yeah like we that's a great point like we are spending so much time with them yeah so much time with them i know things like i'm you know i you know i asked for some uh 
some testimonials from some of my clients so I can add that on. And, you know, a lot of the stuff I get is like, you should have been a therapist. Like, you should be, like, you, you helped me out. Like, you helped me out and improve my personal life and also my fitness life. So, like, when I hear things like that, it's like, it really puts into perspective my place and what we can achieve. Not just me, but, like, everyone in the industry. Like, they have, it's kind of like, it's almost like a newfound, you know, obligation. And that's scary. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, people, it's a big responsibility. It's a big responsibility. And I don't say you have to like take it on. Like I've tried to take that on and it just drives drives you nuts. Right. It's not necessary. Uh but I think there's it's more important than people let on, you know. It's it's way it's and it's growing and I yeah. think that's shifting. And and you, <clears throat> being that you're a, a precision nutrition coach. Yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. So I'm I'm guessing, you know, you're Always talking about diet with your clients. Always right? try to, but it's not even so much about the diet. It's not even. Well, it's it, what's driving their. What's driving them? It's like, yeah. what's the actual. And a motivation? lot of times it's like fear or anxiety. Fear, anxiety, their relationship with food. Like, right. I had to tackle, you know, that thing is like a lot of it, like, you have to walk the walk, talk the talk, right? You have to, like, legit. Um, like, I had to dive into, like, what my relationship with food is. And, like, there's times where I'm, like, not on it. Like, I'm not on it. Yeah. And then other times where I'm on it, but, like, I know. I have to, it's a deeper thing that's motivating that. Like you're, you're, th there's things that are working behind the scenes that will drive your decisions. Right. If you're stressed, you're inherently going to reach for something to ease that off. Yeah. Or if you lack sleep, like scientifically, you're not going to be able to function properly. So your body's going to be reaching for any type of simple car carbohydrate to give you energy. Right. And even if you so much have six hours or seven hours, like if you have like just one hour less, that significantly changes your day. Yeah. Significantly changes your day. And we like almost pride ourselves on not having enough sleep. Like, yeah. Yeah. I only got like four hours, three hours, like love the grind. Like, yeah. no, you don't bro. Right. Like you don't, you don't <laughs> like you're really hurting yourself. Yeah. And then wondering why things aren't going. And then on top of that, you're training super hard and like there's a time for work and a time for recovery. And that is also something that's shifting as well. So what, what that means is like, the being the precision nutrition coach is not so much like about the diet. Like, yeah, I can tell you like on average what these macros are, but I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not going to give right. you a meal plan. Yeah. And I've had people like really fight for, I want a meal plan. And it's like, all right, I'm just going to give you the recommended things anyway. And let you know that this is not what that is, what that is. Right. And that's what we're allowed to do. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm a nutritionist and like give that. So you see a lot of people on Instagram too, like, Oh, here, buy my meal plan. Right. But like, dude, like that's, you don't know what's going on. You don't know if they have like high blood pressure. Or yeah, it's you don't basically know if, illegal. It, or, I'm kind of, in, yeah. in a way, yeah. Yeah, you like know when I mean? you when you, uh, I, yeah. I'm NASM certified as well, okay. and they make a point to, in like, there that you cannot. You, you can't. This, this is only nutritionists or dietitians that can do it, and that's it. Exactly. Or a doctor. Exactly, and even for instance, so it depends on like the local laws as well. So like New right. York State, like you have to be a licensed massage therapist or a physical therapist to do manual work on people. So like technically. I'm not supposed to use my Theragun on my clients. Technically, right. I'm not supposed to, uh, you know, m like manually manipulate people. And, uh, you know, there's certain things where it's like, I want to show you. So I'll like show you on myself or like maybe I'll assist you a little bit. But at the end of the day, like it comes down to like, you have to be doing those things. So that's a big, big thing also where it's like, you got to stretch and do your own stuff because it's like, I can't do that stuff for you legally. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Other states you can. Yeah. New York state, they're very, they're very strict on it. So yeah. Yeah, like even being corrective, like, like I'm a corrective exercise specialist, like they cover all of that. So I learn how to do all of these things, but I'm really not really not even allowed to do it in, in New York State. Yeah, right. But yeah, I mean, it's still good to have the knowledge so that you could coach oh, people what for they sure. need to do. For yeah. sure, for sure. Do you have a lot of clients or any clients, I should say, that are shift workers like firemen or cops or anything? I actually don't. I don't. That's a huge thing that I've been like – heard a lot of research about like sleep and all that yeah, stuff dude, look, like, everything we're just talking about and and i went through it all and i and i had to go the long road to figure it out and i was just listening to podcasts and yes. you know any any i would look for people that knew how to tackle these things and and that's like a huge thing man if if like they could get more precision nutrition coaches dietitians get them into these firehouses and just explain to a guy like hey look you got up at four o'clock this morning you appeared on shift at seven or whatever um and it's now three o'clock in the morning you have not slept yet and you're reaching for oreos and just like just be aware that you're doing that because you're sleep deprived and mm -hmm. and at least give these people tools you a know tool, a knowledge and, and so 
That's that's really interesting. Because that's the I was, second time we talked about Oreos on this. Hey, podcast. you know what? <laughs> they're, they're there. Uh, I'm more of a Chips Ahoy kind of guy, personally. That's All my right. thing. You know. All right. um, <laughs> 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 uh, but the, what I'm trying to get. Um, sorry, lost track. I was listening to this podcast. Um, Dr. Rhonda Patrick. She's yeah. awesome. Have awesome. you heard of her? Uh, awesome. Yeah. So that she had this podcast with it's my um, Secret that's, Crush. Right. She's awesome. <laughs> uh, but like that, she had this uh, podcast with Dr. Sachin Panda, and he yeah. was like talking about like a lot about metabolism and all this stuff. And that's a heavy listen. Like you really have to kind of know a lot. Yeah. Of the I think that was like a two part. There was two. Well, yeah. There was two parts, and then he came on again, and it's like yeah. very dense material. But like I, I listened to it through, and I've like even went back and listened to it, and a lot of the stuff that they talk about with shift workers and getting that whole like understanding of what the effect that is having on their sleep on their you know microbiomes in their gut and all yeah. that kind of stuff is like there's so much more to everything that we're doing and i mean you know sometimes ignorance is bliss because like if you know all that stuff like yeah. it's, it's kind of hard to like oh, you get frozen from like all the knowledge right yes uh but you know knowing those kinds of things is crucial yeah yeah i mean it's a game changer because i was going through such a bad sleep situation that i was um first i was self-medicating um then I was medicating through a doctor, which was worse than self-medicating. I mean, I whatever they gave me that. was the most retarded medicine I ever took. <laughs> and it was it made me like hallucinate while I was sleeping. I All can't right. explain it. It's uh, just it's, the weirdest it's, thing. It's weird. yeah. But I um, I ended up getting blue blockers and then changing my habits and then okay. being aware of the fact that, um, you know, my I have to be cognizant when I'm not sleeping well. What I need to do to do, you know, to, to get around all the things with my diet, my training and everything. It was it was such a, a large amount of research on my part. And I'm sure it was full of holes, too. You know, yeah. I mean, like the best thing is, uh, you know, is to have somebody there that understands these things that you could yeah. you could get information from. So, uh, yeah, I was just curious about, you know, if if you had anybody like that, because um uh, how you eat is going to affect how you sleep, and then how you sleep is going to affect how you eat, and it's this vicious advice, cycle. Vice versa, everything you do and everything you put in your body is going to have some sort of effect, right? So, like, I'm a huge fan of like even something as simple as a multivitamin. Like, most of the time, like you can't cover all the bases, and like some, like there's a lot of debate about whether they work or not. But like, at least you're getting them, and like, you know, I don't think they're a waste. But um, you know, for instance, uh, I got this multivitamin that has like magnesium in it, a uh, magnesium in it, and uh. I take that like I make a point to take that multivitamin before I go to bed, and dude, I get the so much better sleep than I ever have. Even if I sleep only like four or five hours, I, I'm in deep REM, and deep, that's just right. me personally. Like yeah. I don't know if that's gonna work for everybody, right. but I mean, for, I've noticed a significant difference when I take you know a, um, a supplement with magnesium in it or something like that before bed yeah. versus not, yeah. or taking it in the morning versus like night, and it, it's pretty obvious yeah so. they make a, a, a what is it it's like called calm or something like that it's a magnesium powder that you can put in a drink i didn't even know that yeah i mean so you like there's always like the individuals and stuff like that but like yeah um getting i i stay like i, I kind of feel it's uh i stay a little weary of just like getting like those things because you might be able to take too much of something yeah, you know what i mean right. it's like i'd rather just be in like a smaller dose in here and then that way at least i know i'm getting some of it and on a continuous basis then it starts to form it yeah if you're using it as your end all be all like you're burning the candle at both ends and then you're just going to take a scoop of magnesium and think that's gonna and it's not it's, it's not gonna work yeah and, you know it's funny that you mentioned that because i was doing that with melatonin there was a point oh, where yeah. i was there was a point where i was like commuting so much like i was commuting like five five hours a day five sometimes five and a half hours a day every day for, for like eight months right yeah and like I'm shot. Like I'm getting home at 10 p.m. This is when I still lived upstate. I was actually commuting from upstate to, and coming down to the city. Yeah. And so I would like get home at 10 p.m. Have to be up at three. And like now I'm not going to bed. I'm getting home at 10. So I'm getting going to bed at like 11:30 if I'm lucky. 12. Right. 12. And so you're probably 30, all like and I'm ratcheted so, up, right? I mean, you're all like you know you're just like you know shot. And so I was taking melatonin to try to get me to go to bed. And it got to the point where I was like, okay. I'd go to sleep and then wake up in 30 minutes and be like wired because wow. it was just like, dude, you're not like it and it just didn't work anymore so yeah. that's where that kind of that can be an issue as well again every person is different that's the fun thing that's the fun thing about um everybody you work with is that everybody is different so right. it's like one thing might not work for somebody one cue one uh you know change of diet one exercise might be the best thing for somebody yeah. and the worst for right. for another so it's kind of my, my my thing is it's always trial and error and you got to be willing to put in the work at the end of the day you have to be willing to change and and, or, and mess around with things if you stick to one thing always it just leads to bad results right yeah 
Um, as being um, a marathon runner, do you notice anything in your sleep cycle change when you're training for your marathon and then when you compete in your marathon and then the days after as you're trying to recover from your marathon, do you notice um, sleep being messed up? or? So, yes. I'm not sure if it exactly correlates to that because there's been a lot of changes. Like, you know, I left, I left my one job. I started my new company. So there's a lot of, like, external things going on. Sleep leading up to the marathon – for like the month before was kind of like not not fully there you know i wasn't getting too much sleep i was like still finding myself rather stressed all the time so my sleep definitely took a took a hit from that and then um afterward after the marathon it, you know it's been like three four weeks now, almost like a month and uh, actually pretty much a month exactly and um even still like i'm still like kind of recovering it was a massive event for me physically and that's you know i'm not the f that i've talked to other people who finished and that's a similar thing that occurs is like there's uh kind of like a drop-off right where it's like you have this massive event and then you're like your body's like i have to recover and do you know the period of, um the principle of supercompensation yes yeah. but you, you could explain it yeah okay so the period of supercompensation super is that like essentially you have your base fitness line right and then when you work out your body's inherently damaged right mm. so your body's like super compensated overcompensates whoa, whoa whoa we don't know what happened but it's not going to happen again and um so now you have that dip first and then it starts to shoot up now that can change depending on, you know, that dip and that severity can have like effects on mentally, you know, emotionally uh, and, and physically, you know. So that dip has been like pretty low after that. And then now I'm like on the, on the upswing, but it took a while and it took a lot of like getting back into sleep, getting enough sleep afterward to, to really kind of heal that. So on a small scale, you know, that's why you should work out more than once a week because then your body will just stay at base fitness level or it will be a very slow increase over time. Right. And so it's not impossible to get results by training once a week, right. but it's really not optimal. Like who wants to, who, like if you're going to be pushing yourself for that long, like yes, there has to be a lifestyle change, but it's, it's tough to kind of push that hard for that amount of time and like still have hope. You right. Know? And uh, um, how many marathons have you run? So I've done one. I'm planning on doing many more. Uh, I've done one half. I have signed up for five races before uh, before March, trying to get me in uh, get me in for the 2021 New York City Marathon because uh, you have to run nine races plus do a volunteer event. So I'm getting a head start on that. Yeah. Training starting back up. Head back in it. What kind of volunteer event do you have to do? You have to volunteer for like one of their races. So you help them. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. You there do might, that. There might be more. I have. I have to check in on that. Just, to, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And then you're looking to do um, do them regularly, whatever yeah. that means as far as yeah, marathon running. Yeah, regularly. So. You know, definitely. You know, more than once a year. I definitely want to get get into that. But it took a took a lot. Like I had. So I had been running. Like I said, I've been running for. Um, I've been running for like three years pretty consistently. But like consistently means like every, like once a week, twice a week. Like I've been doing it and I've gotten better. Um, but I had to really buckle down and train. It's not it's not as easy as, as it no, seems like yeah. physically either. Like your joints have to accustom to it. If you just start going too hard, too fast, too soon, you're gonna your your tendons and your joints can't handle what your muscles can handle. Um, they heal faster. They adapt slower. Oh, so your muscles heal faster. Your joints adapt slower. Right. So that was something that you know I had to overcome myself in training for it. So having that huge event and doing something that was a PR for me. That's also brings me into what we we're talking about before with this dip where it's like now everything's kind of coming back up right. because it was kind of like huge on my ankles, on my knees, on my hips. Yeah. Do, and now, I mean, like there's a recovery period and the, do you find yourself underperforming during that recovery period? Yes. And, and so that's where I was kind of getting it. We, we talked about sleep specifically, but during the race, yeah. like, so I followed this, this method, um, the Hanson's method where you run a lot, <laughs> like you run like four or five times a week. Oh. Um, and one of them is a long run. And the whole goal is to focus on like the second, uh, second half of the marathon, like the last 16 yeah. miles, not the first. Um, and so you run on tired legs, you run on sore legs. You still need to have like the running version of a strength day. You have to have the uh, speed version of a strength day or, mm -hmm. or for running. Right. And I did not stick to that at all. It was tough. I was like, it, it was like a balance between like overtraining and it's almost overtraining, but like you're still getting enough rest. Like it's entirely reliant on you getting enough recovery and yeah. doing that. And I wasn't doing that. So it was like a huge, huge learning curve. Um, and it definitely, you know, showed up, showed up right in the race, like clockwork. You know, I, I it, uh, my right knee started to bother me like mile 22 and I'm like, 
there's that uh, that nine days that I took off to recover from the three half marathons that I ran in four days trying to make up miles. Like that's where that came from. Yeah. I was like, it was so clear. I was like, okay, so now let me get this gate analysis. Let me do this the right way because I want to do this long term. Dude, 22 miles though before you really started to have an issue. That's amazing. I and, was, yeah. And that's your first marathon. And then I love your enthusiasm to just go get the gait analysis because you're like all right i'm gonna come back on the second marathon and i'm gonna not have this issue yeah no i definitely don't want that because i wanted to make it something that's like you know consistent yeah I, you know i i found that that's what i like to do it's like very meditative for me um you know to to run so yeah. I, it's something I'm, i really do love myself so uh, that's uh, i've never to keep it going i've th done 5ks that's about it yeah <laughs> i mean that seemed long enough for me going 26 miles it true or false that's on your marathon is when you grew your beard <laughs> it, uh, i mean it's true. long that's enough, like right? the purpose of it became apparent yeah no 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 it was it was yeah that's funny but yeah that's a, that's amazing you know marathons and and um and are you are you concerned about muscle loss so that there was, you know, I actually followed somebody who did like a, a small scale study. It was not a clinical study. They did a personal study and I followed them on Instagram. This was a while ago. Um, and he had trained for a half marathon. He kept his uh, he kept his miles up, hit a PR for his half marathon, crushed it. Awesome trainer. Um, don't remember his handle. I don't want to give him a shout out. But he, you know, tracked his progress, tracked his body mass index. He, you know, tracked his uh, muscle mass, fat, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And lost zero muscle training for his half marathon as long and he just made sure that he had proper strength training he was recovering he was uh you know recovery includes eating and sleeping so he was like doing all the right stuff and he, he didn't lose any muscle mass now if you just do running and you're not strength training to keep the growth happening the hypertrophy of your muscles happening then yeah you're gonna have some atrophy you're gonna have some muscle your muscle loss yeah. and that's just that's one of those things that comes with it but you still shouldn't be like in pain you know what yeah, I mean? like you right. still have to have some level of it in order to maintain the integrity and endurance of those fibers you know yeah um there's always you know different sides of it right like some people can handle less or more you know depending but. yeah yeah so it's always gonna come down to individual individual but always. yeah i mean because it's just that i've heard people say it a lot of times um where they'll say well marathon runners are like skinny and then if you look at a sprinter they're all jacked and they're str and they're muscular yeah that's and why would i want to look like a, a skinny <laughs> and and i'm like i don't know man i mean they all do look very thin the some of the better yeah. runners they're lanky they're long but those are that's also people that don't put on muscle well to begin with it well that that's part of it you right. know i think it's also that that it that does come with the sport that yeah. does come with that like that's inherently what happens you know if they're not strengthening and they're putting all their time and effort into running and then also right. maintaining that then yeah that's what's going to happen that's just that's one of those things that we were talking about just comes with the territory right. um and sprinters though yeah like there's a there's a thing with that though it's like uh you know anabolic sports like you know doing things very you know fast right. and for short term will lead to hypertrophy you right. know what i'm saying so yeah. like that is what happens uh when you look at sprinters versus like long yeah. distance runner it's like all signs yeah and i and and you know you, you if you want to just be jacked and run being a sprinter might not be the answer either because being a sprinter is friggin' hard and like you could blow really a hamstring hard. out i mean there's always that's, something that's tough business right there you know i always love watching those things like people who do like sprints for like 400 800 you know do that stuff i'm like yo like how yeah like and some of these guys are doing it for like ever even like the guy who ran like the fastest marathon did you see that it was like sub two hours it was a full marathon um, was that uh, past couple years no that was like Three months ago like two months oh, ago really months ago. yeah okay like that's nuts he's running like a, i you're gonna have to check me on it but i think it's like somewhere it's between like four and five minutes yeah per right. mile yeah. for 26 miles like that's insane I, yeah where do you know do you remember where he was from i don't i'm so i'm so shy with it a I, lot of I, you know i remember there's like there's been a few and like people that were close and i just don't remember right now off the top of my head yeah i i remember reading like uh a lot of the people that come in from other countries that are like high altitude tend to do very well i don't know well you know, that, like, that's cool too i mean that that i mean that can make sense but i don't know if that's like 
the only way that people are going to, you know, yeah, be better right. runners. But it, that, that makes sense. I mean, you train – so your body runs on, like, oxygen. You know what I mean? At the right. end of the day, like, you need oxygen to survive. And so when you're running long distance and stuff like that, you end up going into an aerobic state where you're going to be using oxygen as a main energy supply. Like, there's going to be glucose, but, like, you, you will deplete your glucose sources. That's why people have the goo packs and, yeah. and you know, have that kind of stuff um, to kind of keep it, keep it moving. But you will be primarily using oxygen. And so now if your body is adapted to being able to run and perform athletically with less oxygen, when you have an influx of oxygen, your body's like, let's rock. Like, I, I got this. Yeah, like, right. We know what we're doing here. Yeah. So. Um, do you change your diet any way, shape, or form from going uh, for training for a marathon as opposed to like when you're not and you're doing more uh, your kettlebells and, and weight training and stuff like that. So I mess around with that quite a bit. And it's always, again, it's a learning curve because your body will react differently to the different demands being put on it, right? So what I noticed is like, I was actually probably under eating for a majority of the training for my marathon because I didn't really actually realize like how much I was burning yeah. in conjunction. So it's like you, you have like, your body needs to function. So it has like it burns X amount of calories a day just to function, just to exist. If you were just going to rest right. now, factor in your average daily active expenditure of calories. So now that's more. So like, I think that's where they came up with the whole, like way back when the 2000 calorie thing, cause like that's on average, a person will burn this much just by existing a day. So yeah. you need that much to survive. Just to survive. Just to yeah. survive. Right. So now if you're training and like, for me, like on average, I was burning like 16, 17, 1800 calories per run maybe mm. even more you have people doing more and if you're strength training on top of that you're burning like 3000 calories a day i mean that's a lot but like you get my point like you're going to be burning so much in excess so like you have to be eating a lot more and that's a huge thing and that's a huge hurdle for many many people because they just can't do it right they, one they can't like it, they're not used to it they can't do it it feels weird to have this full meal four times a day yeah um and then also like the psychological thing like I want to lose weight. Why am I going to eat more? Right. That makes no sense. Like, and then I've gotten written off. People have just like, they're like, okay, you have no idea what you're talking about. Like they just cannot get their head around this concept. So to answer your question, like I do, did I under ate for a lot for my marathon? Just unknowingly, like, it still was like a learning curve. It's my first time, but adjusting it, uh, it's more so based on like, it's, I'm always adjusting it. Yeah, yeah right. I'm always adjusting. I'm always figuring out like what's working because like sometimes you can, you have to factor in like emotional. You have to um, factor in emotional stress. You have to factor in external stress. So with that being said, um, uh, you those things take a toll on how you burn calories throughout the day. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm always kind of like adjusting, and I'll adjust it by you know adding more protein, adding more carbs, adding more fats. Like if I know that I didn't get a lot of sleep. There's been times where I'm like, okay, so like I can afford to have a little bit more like carbs or just watch the kind of carbs that I'm going to be having um, the next day because like right. it is, and I've noticed like I start to really realize like, or I'll catch myself. It's like, I won't consciously think about it. Like, okay, I'm, I didn't get a lot of sleep. So now I know that I'm going to be reaching for like bad stuff. It's like, I'll be like reaching for the best stuff. And I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 yeah. wait a second. There's yeah. that. And like, there's been times where I've like sent messages on Instagram to my friends, but like, you should be so proud of me. I just said no to this. There's a lot of times where I'll say yes to that too. When I'm just like, you know what? F it. Yeah. Like this is what's going on. That's just part of the process. Did, did you ever, I'm asking cause I'm looking for somebody else that did this. So I feel better about myself. Did you ever, <laughs> <laughs> did you ever dive into the, to the shit that you shouldn't be eating? Right? Like something sweet, whatever. And you're like, all right. And then you you did it, and you start feeling bad, and you go, ah, screw it. You know what? I already screwed up, so let me just keep eating. And just and you, you, you know, kind of like double like down. A lot. Like that. What happens, is that, dude? What it's, the hell is that's that? That's like a purely like emotional response. Yes. That's like a purely like you know, guilt driven response to, to doing it and it's kind of like it's this, like now you're punishing now yourself you're punishing yourself right that's exactly what it is it's like a weird dynamic that we we all have we all do it in some way shape or form if it's not with food you know a lot of like food is definitely my outlet food is definitely my outlet um at the end of the day like i'll always like use that as like kind of my coping mechanism like for everything right so it's, it's all dependent on the person you know i've been i've put that into other you know bad things and stuff like that but like you have to address that. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like a real thing. I can't, I can't give you the science behind why we do that exactly yet. Um, you know, but 
Yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah, everyone goes through it. Everyone goes through it. Yeah, I mean it's it's freaky, you know. And then and then you get even more upset afterwards, and and then you're just like, okay. And then the next day, your your you backlash yeah, you're is like, to you, to like starve yourself or something. Either, like you know, I'm you not gonna eat. Or yeah, and then now you're like in this vicious cycle of feeling great and then feeling bad, and I'm so guilty of that. Yeah, like that's we're all human. So what what's the answer? Just make the mistake and move on, right? Make the mistake, move on, don't beat yourself up. You know, be positive, be optimistic and like we again, coming back to this whole we have this whole short-term mind, right? Where we think that everything is like so short-term and it's like not uh it doesn't matter in the long term. But like I had to sit myself down and be like, damn, like you know, I'm not being so consistent and this that, like you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing what I need to do. And then I realized, I was like, dude, I've been doing this for, like, four years. Right. Like, over time. And, like, in that time, I've had ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. But I've still been working on this for this time. I am consistent. And so it's hard when somebody promises you a 30-day fix. Yeah. It's hard when somebody promises you, like, you're going to look this great, like, in this amount of time that's super short. Like, they could. Absolutely. But, like, what about, like, eight months after that? What about four months after that? What about two years after that? Like, you're not going to, like, that's the true measure of it. You have to consistently be doing it over time. And then gradually, you'll be increasing. I've gradually gotten better. Like, I've, you know, uh, I first got into fitness uh, because I I did stuff the wrong way. I, like, did this at-home exercise program burning, like, really? Like, I think, it like, the the average calorie expenditure of the program per session was, like, 3,000 per session. Something like that. Oh, my God. It was like, it was called insanity. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> and I did that. And I was in high school. I had no idea about anything fitness, right? I'm just like, I was going to Planet Fitness at the time. And um, I mean, I, I'm just in high school. I have no idea. And I was doing that and doing what I thought was the right thing, which was eating like 700 calories a day. I think I had like two meal replacement shakes, breakfast and dinner. And then I had like a salad or like very light or something in the middle of the day. And I did that for a month. I lost 30 pounds. And I still wow. felt like crap. I woke up one morning and literally just like fainted. I just like I physically was sick. And um, from there, that's what got me into wanting to do things the right way, learning the right thing. And that's, you know, I've had to battle my own uh, issues with, you know, my relationship with food and mental state and how this is all affecting and coming into play over the years to try to be able to get to even where I am now. And I'm still like so I feel so lost, but I know that there's other people that are like back along that same route that are like wow, I get this. I understand where you're coming from. Like, this is helping me. So it's like, as I'm learning, people are learning and it's, it's just a constant mutual benefit beneficiary for everybody. Yeah. Right. Right. That's, yeah, that's, that's a, a, a thing that I guess, you know, as you go through time, you're gonna, you're gonna be challenged. And, and again, this is, this is where, you know, having a coach or, or a reliable source to go to, yeah, and and help you through it and everything and and it's it's not to be taken lightly really no. you know no. because if you don't know what what it's doing to you or where it's coming from uh, and you keep operating blindly it, it's never gonna quite pan out and I mean then we're looking at you know the potential for health you know serious health problems yeah. chronic health problems yes. you know um, yes, yes. and then you're you're older and you're trying to lose weight and it's harder because mm-hmm. you're not only is it well, is it all? Is it harder to lose weight when you're older because of the? It's just because you're older, or is it because of the the the, the, the patterns? Ha- the patterns. You know, that's a really good point, and I don't know the exact answer to it, but we do know science. Like based off of like what what I've learned so far is that uh, as we get older, our metabolisms do slow down. They right. do. Like so that that is a real thing. Now the uh, impact of those patterns over time leading to that. I don't know if there's research on that. I would love to know if that's the case because that would change the narrative for like a lot of individuals. You yeah, know what I mean? Because right. people get to a point where they just kind of accept, you know what? I'm getting older. Uh, I have all these knee issues. I have all this, this back pain. It just, it is what it is. I'm old now. Yeah. Uh, and you know, my metabolism slow, so I'm not going to burn a lot of fat. Right. Or like I've had a couple kids and I'm, uh, I'm not going to be able to, you know, lose that fat after. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And it, you know, um, does the um the when when somebody's training when they finally decide to to start training does that long uh pattern development that they that they have you know it's harder for them to to break right yeah yeah once you once we get we love like humans love like 
cons like constants right we love having like this constant thing like and we don't necessarily like change as a defense as an inherent evolutionary defense mechanism like right. we stay this way we know this works we're good yeah but that does that so like that same mindset tra travels over into like bad things too you know what i mean like how your negative patterns show up consistently is like you know what this worked for me in the past it's not really working for me anymore but this is all i know so i'm going to keep do keep doing this and it does play a huge part dude and you know if you can, can come back some other time in the future yes, come back I love that. um and you know one of these days i want to shoot out to brooklyn and um you know maybe we could hook up and do some training and That'd be fun. you could show me what what you do and uh you know we'll do some mace training and everything so you. i mean we'll, yeah we'll wind it down but um before we go why don't you just tell us you know where we can find you um you know your website you know and uh your instagram awesome yeah so uh you can find me on instagram at, at blackbird athletics um it's the same thing for facebook i'm really on i'm really on facebook but pretty much everything on my instagram goes to my facebook for page um and then my website is just www.blackbirdathletics.com okay nice man thanks a lot uh everybody ryan miller blackbird athletics thanks for coming in man i really appreciate it uh don't forget everybody our sponsors adx mace and clubs uh, use discount code SMN19 for 10% off. And also there's Ongo Energy Spray. Ongo Energy Spray is a spray supplement. You don't drink it. Uh, you spray it in your mouth, and it gives you a shot of caffeine to perk you up a little bit. Use the discount code SteelMace25. And then don't forget about MaceFit, MaceFit Certification Program. They're a sponsor of the show too. And don't forget my buddy uh, Warrior Monk. Uh, Blake Hendrick uh, over in North Jersey. He's got his website, Origin Training Academy. Uh, he's a good dude. He's got a cool website. Check that one out. Use the discount code SMN10 for $10 a month and get all the workouts that you want. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Peace.